disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. <laughs> pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the Salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Man, beautiful day here in uh, cornfields outside of Columbus, Ohio. Thanks to all of you for joining us. I just, I got some ammunition. I didn't even tell Clay sitting over here again. I didn't even tell y'all about the ammunition. I just got some. I don't know if you can see it or not. Gary Wayne, this book is so thick. Footnoted, and it says the Genesis 6 Conspiracy. How secret societies and the descendants of the giants plan to enslave humankind. Just got it yesterday. I haven't had a chance. Listen, listen to the back of this, right? Listen to this. Here's what it says on, on the back cover. Craig says this is a must-have book. It says, there are giants among us passing largely unnoticed, intent on carrying out a secret plan to enslave all humanity. By the way, when's the last time somebody told you about that in your Baptist church? Everything in your in your Pentecostal uh, name it, claim it church? I didn't think so. They may not look like giants today, but their bloodlines extend all the way back to the Nephilim, the offspring of angels who mated with human women, described in Genesis 6, when they were roaming the land. When God cast the angel Lucifer and his followers out of heaven, Lucifer set into motion a scheme to enslave, I'm sorry, to ensure that the Nephilim seed survived. Why? Because from the bloodlines of these Nephilim, the Antichrist will come. Gary Lane writes, back, back sleeve, still reading. To keep his plan alive, Satan has enlisted the loyalty of secret societies, such as the Freemasons, the Templars, Rosicrucians to conspire in teaching a theology and a history of the world that is contrary to the biblical text. This Genesis 6 conspiracy marches towards the great tribulation when then loyalty of the terminal generation, this generation, will be tested. Folks, this ain't going to be easy. Ain't going to be easy. The Bible, along with many other ancient sources, clearly records the existence of giants. Wayne provides copious citations from many society and insiders, along with extensive Bible references, other religious references, and historic material to bolster his contention. What he uncovers will astonish you, and it will challenge you to prepare for the fulfilling of God's promises. I'll read it, and I'll get back to you on what it is, but Look, man, this is tiny, tiny print. Come on, Gary. Oh, you can't see it. Green screen. Anyway, a uh, little salt in the mail. Can, can you guys, yeah, what do you suppose the percentage of Christians in Americans' churches would even know what you meant if you said Nephilim? If you walked into the church and said, I'm going to give uh, 
$100 to anybody in this in here who could stand up and tell me about the Nephilim. How many dollars do you think you'd have to give, give away? Probably not very many, would you? Because why they say it's mythology. It's mythology, coach. Come on. Can't be talking about that stuff. Well, Genesis 6. Hey, Spencer, pull that up there real quick. So, look, I'm not, we're not doing a show on the Giants today, okay? You can relax. What, somebody, can somebody tell me what this say? It says, and it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto men, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. Verse 4, there were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men. Two questions there. And this is where the Bible will, I don't want to say lie to you. This is where theologians will lie to you. They'll say, well, the sons of God, they weren't giants. We're not talking about angels. No, how would that even happen? They came into the daughters of men. What? Come on, dudes, what does it mean? The sons of God came into the daughters of men. And when they came into the daughters of men, they bare children. It says right there. The same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. And God saw it and said, dude, that's it. <laughs> that's it. I got to do, do something about that. Okay, so we're not going to talk about that today. But it's another one of those things that we don't hear anything about. Crazy, huh? Crazy. Oh, I got a good show for you today. I got to, I have to do some, uh, I got to do some uh, groundwork here, some updates real quickly. Hey, look, June 9, 10, 11, we're having our event. You would make me feel a lot better if you're coming, if you would register now, rather than the last minute. Because we have a we have a lot of preparation, we have to make food, all that kind of stuff. I I need to know if you're coming. If you're not coming, that's okay. It's okay. But it's all posted at Coach Dave Live right now. The sooner you register, the uh, the better it'll be on our end of thing. All right. Bobby Lee's got a camping event going on. Uh, Bobby, are you out there? I don't know if Bobby's out there. We talked about that yesterday. Yes, sir. I'm here. Okay. Uh, uh, give us a give us a quickie on that one, Bobby. All right, so we got a uh, campsite reserved for that weekend. Uh, we got 10 sites reserved. I'm working this morning on updating the event page. Uh, if you want to do the 10th site, you have to definitely reserve to me, and then you're going to have to reimburse me because, like I said, we've already prepaid, and the campsite is going to be posted on the event page uh, later today or, the, or tomorrow. Can you believe it costs like $45 a night to camp? Can, is it unbelievable. Put up a tent. Go ahead. And if you're doing a camper, you can bring your camper, but you got to call and schedule that on your own. And they also have um, uh, cabins there. You can do that. And this is directly right across the road from where we're going to be. Uh, it, it's literally the the kickoff of Washington's fight uh, in the Indian and French and Indian War at Fort Necessity. It's going to be an incredible event. It's not going to be packed with speakers all weekend. We got three people. We got Coach Dave. We got Liberty Mill that's going to be talking about the church outside the four walls. And then we got John Diamond coming in because he's an authority on this topic. We're going to keep it light. It's going to be a, a lot of social interaction. We'll do a little bit of other type of training, skill development, and it's just going to be a great time and a relaxed event. You're going to want to be there. Okay. Hey, folks, look, we, we try to put on these events to uh, for fellowship mainly, get people together. Try, why we try to do this. And uh, 
we we could use your support. If you can look, if you can't go, send us twenty bucks and help somebody else go. Would you could you do that for us? Because you have to understand that we have to put out expenses ahead of time. And whether I like hate to say it, I'd like I kind of like to meet our budget if if you know what I'm talking about. So you could help us out there a little bit. Mel, go ahead. You got your hand up. Yeah, thanks, Coach. I was contacted by Intercessors for America. Um, Mr. Producer, if you could go to the Liberty Action Network page. Um, there is a rally for life today. This is very light, last note, late note, excuse me. But um, from 10 until 2 at the Ohio State House. So it's a rally to protect life and the Constitution. So from 10 to 12, they're going to be outside the State House. And from 1230 to 2, they're going to be in the rotunda. So if anybody in Ohio has has some time today and wants to um, – you know, step out and, you know, be at the rally for life. Um, it's it's going to be at the state house today, starting at 10. Thanks. So all this does is show us the ineffectiveness of the church to think that individual citizens have to show up and rally at the state house for life. Churches aren't doing it. Pastors aren't doing it. Michelle, I know. Michelle told me, said, honey, you say the same thing every day. You say it differently. I know. I know. We gotta go. We gotta go hold signs and ask our ask our politicians, please protect human life. It shows you right. It shows you the ineffectiveness of the church. I'm going to be in St. Clairsville Saturday morning. I think it's ten o'clock. I'll let you know that tomorrow. But Betty and some of you down that way, I'm speaking to the God and uh, God and Country thing. Uh, the annual I talked about tomorrow. Grace's dad's going to join us tomorrow. Scott Shara. And if you didn't watch him on our Brideon show, you missed it. He's He's coming live and in color tomorrow. Tomorrow he will be here. Cool. Let me look. Okay. Cool. That, that, that. Hey, pull up real for, real quickly for me. I'm going to I'm gonna get rolling now. Okay. I'm going to get rolling now. Pull up uh, the wrath of, uh, no, no. Pull up uh, the Tozer email for me. The Tozer email. I read this this morning. It's really good. I'm going to share it with you. <clears throat> A.W. Tozer said, there are truths that can never be learned except in the noise and confusion of the marketplace or in the tough brutality of combat. The tumult and shouting teach their own rough lessons. You can say all you want to until you have been in a huddle on the field against the other team. You can't explain that to somebody else. Until you've been into a foxhole where they're shooting bullets over your head, you cannot explain that to somebody else. What Tozer's saying. But there is another school where the soul must go to learn its best eternal lessons. And that is the school of silence. The Bible says, be still and know. Think about that a minute, folks. Be still and know. I do a lot of that. I do a lot of be stilling. And in my be stilling, I love mowing my grass because I'm still. And when I'm mowing my grass, I'm having a conversation with the Holy Spirit. I don't know how he hears me over the wine of that big motor, but he does. What's even more amazing, I hear him. Why? Because I'd be still. And I know, said the psalmist. Amen. Profound philosophy there of universal application. Prayer among evangel listen to this. Prayer among evangelical Christians is always in danger of degenerating into a glorified gold rush. Somebody say, I'm stop right there. Somebody say amen. Boom. I'm going, amen. To read, I'm going to read it again so you get it. 
Prayer among evangelical Christians is always in danger of degenerating into a glorified gold rush. Almost every book on prayer deals with the get mentality, right? How do I get more? How to get things we want from God occupies most of our prayers. Somebody say amen, Clay. Amen. Uh, how, I'm going to go, I'm gonna go petition the Lord so I can get more. I need more. I got to go get more. Got to go get more. What have you done for me lately? Now, we gladly admit that we may ask for and receive special gifts and benefits in answer to prayer. But we must never forget that the highest kind of prayer is never the prayer of making requests. Prayer at its holiest moment is the entering into God to a place of such blessed union as makes miracles seem tame and remarkable. Answers to prayer appear something very far short of a wonderful, of wonderful by comparison. Holy men of sober and quieter times than ours knew well the power of silence. David said, I was dumb with silence. I held my peace, even from good. My sorrow was stirred. My heart was hot within me while I was burning up inside. And then I spoke with my tongue. There's a tip here for God's modern prophets, which are many of you, by the way. Oh, don't get me into that one. The heart seldom gets hot when your mouth is open. I'm going to say that again, right? Your mouth seldom gets hot. Your heart seldom gets hot when your mouth is open. A closed mouth before God and a silent heart are indispensable for the reception of certain kinds of truths. I'm going to get on that more, and I'm going to mow for three hours. And Lord, I'm not going to say a word. You talk and I'll listen. Whew, there's strength there, man. No man is qualified to speak who has not first listened. It might well be wonderful revelation to some Christians. If they were to get completely quiet for a short time, hey, come on, you get on my mower and I'll let you mow for five hours, all right? If they were to get completely quiet for a short time, long enough, let us say, to get acquainted with their own souls and to listen in the silence for the deep voice of the eternal God. The experience, if repeated often enough, will do more to cure our ulcers than all the pills that ever rolled across the desk. Be still and know that I am God. That's something, isn't it? Um, Amen. That's, that's really good. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. And the idea of my heart being hot and my mouth open. <laughs> oh, Lord, help me, help me out there. Amen. <clears throat> Uh, here's what I want to talk about today, uh, I think. I, I was going to do it yesterday. I told Clay I was going to do it yesterday, and I never kind of really got it right. Clay, Clay you, can, you can blast in here. He said he didn't, want to film. he didn't want to sit on here beside me and look like a, you know, look like Fauci. Look like Fauci. What do you think, Clay? I am science. What do you think, Clay? Vaccinate. Yeah, so he didn't, he didn't want to do that. He's right, he's right over here if we need him. But I... I you know, the the Holy Spirit speaks to me just in funny sort of ways. 
funny. You know what he said to me today? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to put everything together here for us. Okay, I'm not a know-it-all. I'm not a know-it-all, but I can mow and I can think. So I'm trying to put all this together. <clears throat> and the Bible says that we're that <clears throat> believers uh, we're protected from the wrath of God. We're protected from the wrath of God. I said, "Well, that's cool. That's good." In fact, without getting into too much theology here, that's why most people, um, that's one of the arguments they use for the rapture, is we're not appointed under wrath, right? And because we're not appointed under wrath, we think we're going to get out of this world without too much trouble. We're going to, at some point when it gets really, really hot, the Lord's going to get us out of here. That's, that's a pretty strong belief in the Christian church, which is relatively new, by the way. 1860s, I think maybe is when the, that uh, that theory came around, and I'm not here to argue about that. But uh, the Holy Spirit said to me, "What about the wrath of Satan?" I said, "Huh? Huh? Let me turn my mower off here a minute." <laughs> what, what, are you, what are you talking about, Willis? He says, "Oh yeah, the wrath of Satan." You mean? The wrath of Satan is spoken about in the book of Revelation? Yeah. Wow. Pull that up. The wrath of Satan. Gabe, that's your, that's your first one there, Spence. Pull that up there. The wrath of Satan. I think I sent it to you. Sorry. There it is. No idea. Okay. Can you make this a little bit bigger? Because, <clears throat> again, folks, this stuff will all be in the chat. I, this is amazing. I didn't know, I'd never thought about the wrath of Satan. And the Holy Spirit spoke it to me, and I Googled it. That's what I do. Whoops, sorry. I ducked that goat. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and ye that dwell in them, for woe for the earth and for the sea, because the get devil is gone down unto you, having great wrath, knowing that he hath but a short time. Are we seeing the wrath of Satan? Well, we're, well, we're trying to avoid the wrath of God. Are we seeing the wrath of Satan? This guy wrote this. I'm sorry, I don't know his name. I'll be at the bottom. Even in the best of times, people are compelled to stare evil in the face and come to grips with its reality. Looking at evil is never pretty. Humans have been, have been enduring evil from almost the beginning, ever since Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. And plague of evil and the evil one who advanced evil purposes, were well-known and decried for generations. Folks, evil, the devil's nothing new. It's nothing new. It's just like we've forgotten this stuff here in the time in which we live, right? The Enlightenment Project in Western Europe and North America sought to eliminate evil through scientific, philosophical, and technical advances, as well as education and removal of ignorance. So in other words, to murder a baby in the womb, that's not evil anymore. That's choice. That's not choice. By the way, is this evidence of the wrath of Satan? Hang on to I'm gone. The most astonishing matter about this project is how successful it's been. Sure, evil still happens in the Western world, but it doesn't seem as all-pervasive as in past generations. We presume that children once born will grow to adulthood. We presume that life will be decent and tolerable. Disasters tend to be the exception rather than the rule. While evil may be reduced at time, it can never be eliminated. The Western world has been attempting to come to grips with the pernicious evil of the past hundred years. Think of the last hundred years, World War I, Stalinism, World War II, genocides around the world, and now terrorism. And now vaccines. 
But bad things still happen to people. Oppression is rampant in many places around the world. And if this is the best we can do in order to eliminate evil in the world, our situation is pretty sad indeed. Because it does appear, doesn't it, friends, that evil's winning? Would, it, would most of you agree out there? In fact, that is the theology of most of the American church. Evil is winning. God's got to get us out of here. Evil's winning. We got to get out of here. Coach, look around. It's getting worse and worse and worse. We got to get out of here. Evil's winning. Well, evil may be reduced at times. It can never be eliminated. And the Western world has been attempting to, oh, I said, I'm sorry, experiencing evil. Hey, listen, experiencing evil makes us feel weak, helpless, unsafe, and it leads to fear. People want to know why evil exists. People want to know how a loving God can allow evil to happen. Would some of you be asking that question? That's a pretty good question, huh, Clay? Yep. We ask questions like that in order to get answers, since we like answers. And since answers give us a feeling of satisfaction or some form of control. That's why there's so few answers when it comes to evil. We're not in control. Should we operate under the delusion that we really are in control? We do well to recognize that evil forces do exist and that they promote evil on earth. Ephesians 6, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Yet this leads to a valid question. How can these evil powers be in control if God is really in control? The world is full of such evil. Does that mean that evil has actually triumphed, that there is no hope? The question may come especially for those who seek to follow Jesus in righteousness and yet continually experience the distress and pain that comes from all kinds of evils. When it seems that human and demonic forces have conspired against you, how do you keep persevering in faith? Hmm. Well, in Revelation 12, 1 through 17, the contest between the forces of evil under Satan and the forces of good under God and Christ are elaborately described. Remember two teams? There's two teams. Team Satan, Team Lucifer. Satan, also known as the devil, is described as a dragon, a terrifying monster which only God can overcome. Tempting to consume the child of the woman, seed of the serpent, seed of the woman who represents the people of God. That's Revelation 12. The child is born and ascends to his throne. The child represents Christ. There is then a scene of a war in heaven, and Michael and his angels overcome Satan and his angels, and they're cast down to earth. That's Revelation 12, right? Follow me? Following him? Satan in Hebrew means accuser. And the angel proclaims the defeat of Satan as the accuser since Christ has died for the forgiveness of sins, the undercutting any accusation against the brethren. Hey, for this purpose was the Son of God manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. Right there it is. The salvation of believers is then spoken of as having overcome Satan. And it is accomplished through the blood of the Lamb, the word of the testimony. They didn't love their own lives, even to death. On account of this victory, heaven has every reason to rejoice. Hey, folks, the devil is defeated. Death, hell, and the grave is defeated. It is defeated. Okay, okay, hang on. The earth and the sea, however, have no such reason for rejoicing. Think about that. 
the earth and the sea. They are warned that they will now suffer the wrath of Satan. Revelation 12, 12. Hey, Spence, can you click on that? Revelation 12, 12. Well, yeah, just, just, just do what you just did. Therefore, rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath because he knows that his time is short. We're talking about the wrath of Satan here today. Wow. Just as a child, just as a defeated child or adult or even a nation attempts to take out their anger and rage at their defeat on someone smaller and weaker than they, so Satan takes out his wrath at his defeat on the earth and those who dwell in it. In other words, at the end of the game, Satan is behind and he's always behind. He throws a temper tantrum. He starts cussing and throwing stuff and making a mess and destroying the dugout. You ever seen that? You ever seen Earl Weaver get thrown out of a baseball game when he was coaching the Baltimore Earls? He goes in the dugout and he throws all the baseball bats out there and he throws all the balls out there. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody with me on it, huh? This is the wrath of Satan. See, he's angry. Daggone it. We had this perfect game plan. Doggone it. The daggone umpires. You'd kill the umps, right? With me? Wow. This is something, isn't it? He takes out his wrath and his defeat on the earth and those who dwell in it. Yet, as the angel declares, it cannot last. He has a short time. The victory which Jesus has won in heaven will be brought to earth. Yet, until then, the earth and those who are on it will fill full feel the full wrath of Satan. Wow. Wrath of Satan. When was the last sermon you heard on that? Jesus intends for this message to encourage us. Yes, we will experience evil. Yes, bad things are going to happen. It will cause pain, suffering, misery. It may even lead to our earthly demise. But evil has not won, and it cannot win unless we allow it to win. The evil we experience is not some force impossible to overcome, but in fact, the last gasp of a temper tantrum Satan, who has lost hold of those in who's <laughs> the last gasp of an angry Satan, who has lost hold of those who trust in the blood of the Lamb and maintain the word of their testimony. He has no power. Amen, Coach. He's thrown bats. He's thrown. He's throwing shoes. He's throwing everything he can throw. Jesus, the Lord, has obtained the victory over sin and death. What can Satan really do in comparison? To what Jesus has accomplished for us. Wow. The wrath of Satan, my friends, is horrendous, tragic, and difficult to endure. I, I, I posit to you right now, that's what we're seeing. We're seeing that right now. Yet the wrath of Satan will pale in comparison to the wrath of God, which will be poured out on those who follow after Satan and his designs. We should not fear the evil one, but revere and honor God who has overcome the evil one. We should not question God, 
because evil exists, but praise him for giving us victory over evil, over sin, and death through his son Jesus and what he suffered. Let us overcome evil through the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony and maintain the hope of eternal life with God in Christ. Folks, the devil's throwing a temper tantrum. He's throwing the kitchen sink at us right here, right now. And they've told us that we're going to avoid the wrath of God, which we will, but they never said we would avoid the wrath of Satan. That's what we all had. Amen. This is so deep, so good. Let me hear this in your Presbyterian church. Lutheran church. Uh, Hey, hey. You don't hear this in your spirit-filled evangelifish church, do you? It's escapism. Pray, pray to get all the money you can. Pray to get all the blessings you can. Pray to get all the stuff you want. Then, by the way, we'll get you out of here if the trouble shows up. The devil's throwing bats and kicking bases. And... <laughs> Amen. Amen. So along with that, I, I, by the way, Ray, I'm going to get you, and I want to hear how it went last night. I haven't forgotten it. And, and Jude, I haven't, I haven't forgotten any of that, right? <clears throat> So um, I think we're under the spirit of death. I think we're under a spirit of death. Remember, death has lost its power. Death. Jesus took the de- keys to death. What, what, is that, what does that mean? What does that mean, Clay? He took the keys to death. Hell and the grave. In other words, he got, the, he got the key. Death has no power over us. Death is a promotion, whether we realize that or not. And he holds the keys. Devil, remember they told us that the, thief, that the devil has the power to kill, steal, and destroy, which is not true. It's not what the Bible says. It says the pastor, the hireling pastor does. Thief cometh but to kill and to steal and to destroy. Right? So the devil's ticked off because he had everybody fooled. Yeah, Janine, though I walk through the valley, the shadow of death. It's a shadow of death. It's a shadow of death. It's a valley. It's a shadow of a death. It's not death. But death's all around you. And you're scared because death is all around you. And are we under a spirit of death? Pull up number two. I went to got questions, although I don't know. I, you know, got questions. I, I, sometimes I don't know about their theology. <clears throat> but I thought this was pretty good today. It's number two, Spence. Number two. Spirit of death. What is a what is what is spiritual death? Well, before before we read this, I want, you, I want you to look around and ask yourself this question without even reading it. Just I don't even know why I brought that up there. Look around you, and I'm I'm going to open it up here for a minute. We're going to have a rapid fire. Can you tell me something that's dying in America? Families. Family, go ahead. Spirit of America. Spirit of America. The future. Children. Children. God. Truth. Courage. Courage. Marriage. Work ethic. Right? Hope Hope. Oh my Justice. Goodness. Justice is we're under a spirit of death, folks. We're under a spirit of death. Why are we under a spirit of death? We're under a spirit of death because 
his time is short. He's coming down with great wrath. Remember, the devil's death, hell, killing, stealing. That's the devil. And if you look around, common sense. Yeah, Dan, common sense. We're under a spirit of death. We don't realize it. We don't recognize it. Oh, I could go on and on. Justice, the death of justice, the death of <laughs> on and on and on. With me? Death of righteousness. The death of righteousness. The death of true faith. The death of respect. Wow. The death of our history. Wow. Why? Because Satan's come down because his time is short. We're sitting, I posit to you today, under the wrath of the devil. Amen. He's thrown the kitchen sink. He's cutting, he's castrating young boys. He's telling young girls they are boys. The death of science, the death of government. The death of justice, the death of freedom, the death of liberty. All or oh my goodness. Is this huh? You can give me a thumbs up. I'm not looking for your affirmation, but I know I've been spending some time on my mower. <laughs> I've been still and been listening. And what do we know? John 10 10. What does it say? What's John 10 10? The Lord just threw that in my heart. What's that say, Spencer? Pull that up there. The thief cometh but to kill and to steal and to destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And the more we throw out Christ, the more death enters. Do you see it? Do you see it? He's the life. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And ask yourself if we have not removed that from our nation. If we've not removed the way, the truth, and the life from the education of our children? Have we not removed the way, the truth, and the life from the uh, total, complete involvement of our family? Have we not the way, the truth, and the life from government, the way, the truth, and the life from education, the way, the truth, and the life? It's, folks, we are under the wrath of Satan. I've never heard anybody say this. I'm not taking credit for it. But boy, it made sense to me. And I told Clay that I was... I prepared all this yesterday and didn't have the liberty to talk about it yesterday because I was missing something. You know what I was missing? The wrath of Satan. I didn't have that yesterday. I didn't have that yesterday. Yeah, yeah, I didn't have it, but I got it today. Thank God for lawnmowers and being still and knowing that he is God and having the ability to hear without speaking, to listen and not talk. To hear and to think. Satan's on the highway to hell, like that ACD song. Highway to hell. Highway to hell, right? That's what we need to shun Satan from our lives. We need to do it, man. Oh, man. Do you see the fight now? You see the fight? It's a fight between life and death, right? Truth and lies. Satan, he's Earl Weaver. If you guys don't know baseball, then you don't know who Earl Weaver is. He's throwing a temper tantrum. He's throwing the bases. He's kicking the rosin bag. He's upside. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. What a picture, huh? What a picture. So then the question becomes, what do we do? Hmm? 
what, what is it we're supposed to do? Now, hang on a minute. Let me get this here. I want, I want you to hear this. Pull up. It says, uh, I'm sorry, Spence, I lost my place there. Pull up uh, number four. Pull up number four. I just came, I don't even know where, because the Holy Spirit does this. This guy, this is an opinion column in 2021 by David Stahl to the Stockton record. I don't, I don't even know, I don't know who this is. And he, he writes this letter to the editor, says this. What have we got? Or a republic, if you can keep it, Ben Franklin said. The Republic of the United States of America is the longest lasting republic in the history of nations. What are the signs that it might be decaying and dying? Spirit of death, spirit of death. Well, we've seen an accelerating change in our culture and our institutions over the past 20 years. The current political powers have promised to transform our society in major ways, which is exactly what they're doing. What is that looking like? America will die. Remember Barack Obama, what did he say? They're about to untake a, a fundamental transformation of America. They told us what they were going to do, right? When school children are taught like that our farmers, that our founders were evil with evil motives through a deceptive twisting of history, like the 1619 Project, leading inevitably to the hatred of our country. When the populace is ignorant of our foundational documents, principles, when when Christians don't even know the Bible, when you go to church and the Bibles and you know, isn't it open? When the populace is, uh, I'm sorry, the Bible kind of for start again here. When the populace is ignorant of our foundation documents, principles, and traditions, even denigrating and spurning those traditions while denying that religious liberty was a key motivator for the founding of America. The Bible accounted for 34% of all direct quotes during the founding era. Did you guys know that? 34% of all quotes that we use today had some reference to the Bible. When self-reliance is replaced by government dependency and government controls, then government controls all aspects of society. When educational and social elites stroke racism division, identity politics, Critical race theory while ignoring America's co- collaborative collaboration towards social justice, according to the founders' belief, all men are created equal. When religious liberty and freedom of conscience are denied, religious observance discouraged and hindered, and the state becomes the moral authority. When the traditional family <clears throat> structure of mother, father, and children is denigrated and abandoned, and the majority of children are born outside of the structure, and the state becomes the caretakers of our children. We're seeing a spirit of death in America. That's what he's showing us here, right? He's showing us here. When the educational system becomes more of an indoctrination camp for Marxism, gender identity, racial grievances, identity politics, and social activism, America's dying. When the most abhorrent forms of sexual more depravity are introduced to children in our public schools, America's dying. When the study of Western civilization and great literature is replaced with toxic gender studies and racially divisive agendas, America's dying. When private and religious education choices are suppressed, America's dying. When a socialist democratic political party totally prevails and takes control of all the levers of government with the help of a free press, America's dying. 
when only acceptable political speech is allowed by the party and big tech becomes the censors, book banning becomes acceptable, alternative views are canceled, dissent is called extremism, America's dying. Devil's time is short. Uh, when federal law enforcement is used as a weapon of the Socialist Democratic Party to punish and cancel those view, voices, conservatives, that contradict the leftist social agenda, and conservatives are viewed as terrorists, well, you know America's dying. When even the military is politicized, with only leftist viewpoints allowed, you know America's dying. When cities descend into lawless anarchy because law enforcement has been delegitimized, defunded, and defanged with criminals given more rights than victims, and you know America's dying. When real science is twisted and politicized to achieve a desired political end, radical climate change projections that are not based on settled science, so government is allowed to take control of most economic activity, you know America's dying. When we lose our energy independence and give up our greatest economic asset for an elusive green future that damages our economy and rewards our enemies, and when we become dependent on those same enemies to supply rare earth minerals for the green agenda, then we know America's dying. Spirit of death, folks. Spirit of death. Wrath of God. When super large inter- international corporations control most com- commerce and side with the socialist left, you say Budweiser, while also participating in the suppression of free speech and free political expression, when U.S.-based international corporations have more interest in international profits and loyalty to America and American principles, and we know America's dying. When our sovereignty no longer matters because our borders and border laws are ignored, when non-citizens are given the same rights and benefits as citizens, in fact, some more benefits than actual citizens, you know America's dying. When liberty means nothing more than license to most people. What was once traditional morals and morals and morals are now passe. When old time religion is passe, you know America's dying. When moral and social political weakness begins to embolden our outside enemies. When moral, social, and political weakness begins to embolden our outside enemies, you know America's dying. Are we there yet? Boom. Boom, huh? Wow, 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 wow. So, Ray, tell us about last night. Tell us about last... It's seven... I went 43 minutes... I'm sorry. Tell, tell us about last night, Ray. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, turned out bad, and I was very disappointed because finding out you're breaking up. Churches, you're, 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 look, you're, we're breaking up. Ray. You're, you're breaking up, Ray. I don't know what's going on. Is, is it on my end? Steve, is he doing it? Can you? It's, it's not on my end. Huh? Cool. Uh, Ray, I want to hear, but we're not. Okay. My, is that better? No, not really. It's chop. You're really choppy. No. Um, give me I'm putting together what happened in a better format. 
I like the chop because we can't hear you. We'll talk to, we'll figure out a way to get you in here tomorrow to talk more about it. And I know, uh, I want to hear about it, dude. I want to hear, but it's really, it's really, really choppy. We can't hear it. And uh, Jude, I don't know if you want to talk about last night or whether maybe privately. It's up to you. If you want to talk about Judd, you can come in. If not, uh, that's okay. We can talk about it afterwards because I want to, I want to hear about it. Judd went to the Mike Pence event last night. He showed up at the Mike Pence event where Christians, Center, uh, center used to be Center for Community Values, where a Christian organization is sitting down and listening to Mike Pence. And I don't even what to say. Lauren, come on in, Lauren. Um, tonight I'm going to be um, uh, sharing the word tonight. I'm going to be preaching um, at a worship event here in um, Illinois. And I'm going to be sharing my, the title of my sermon is called Hope Has a Name, and it's Jesus. And I'm going to be talking about my abortion testimony, along with being being a single mom and being given the the choice with the same circumstances, 10 years to the date different, what what the results were. I'll be doing that tonight from 630 to 830 tonight, so y'all could be praying. I'd appreciate it. Amen, Lauren. Lauren. See, again, <clears throat> my wife is part of an organization. Well, that's not true. Uh, a thing called Surrender the Secret. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Surrender the Secret. But it was it's a movement, still is a movement as far as I know. See, women will not, uh, abortions continue because we never hear from women about how much they regret it. How much they regret it. And we don't hear from women about how much they regret it because it's almost the unspeakable sin, right? You, look, if abortion is so good, why aren't women bragging about it? Why don't they brag about it? Because deep in their heart, there's guilt associated with the abortion because the Bible tells us in Romans 1, we're without excuse. We know that's a human being. We know that. And because we're without excuse, we can't get away from the guilt of it. So even women and men who are post-abortive will not share the secret because even though it's a right, it is so horrific to have done it. Everybody with me understand what I'm saying? You understand what I'm saying? So as a result, women, this is what Surrender the Secret's all about, women keep the secret and watch other women suffer as a result of abortion. Surrender the secret, right? Do you ever guys ever have a root canal? I had a root canal right here on this one. I got, got hit and playing basketball, cracked the tooth, had a root canal. In fact, that's a fake tooth now. But I had a root canal. Are you listening out there? You want me to tell you what a horrible experience that was? Anybody want to know? And I put that screw up in there and pulled, broke it. Oh, my God. I still, uh, what would it be like to have an abortion? Hmm? If a root canal was that bad, why wouldn't we warn Young women, don't do that. Don't do that. It's don't like raped by that. the doctor, coach. It's like the doctor rapes you because he takes your life and he takes something from you and destroys it. And your womb becomes a tomb. And then you have you have a lifelong battle with Satan in your head that it's you can't get out. So when that next child comes along, 
you don't think that you're worthy to be a mom because and that you're able to protect your child because you allowed a child to die inside of you and be torn and in my case it was an instrumental evacuation so my child was torn limb from limb inside of my own body and the nurse next to me i can still see her counting the body parts that were doing one two three four and we were like lambs led to the slaughter in blue gowns. I cannot have a pap smear now because all they do is start vomiting from the trauma. Mm. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, that's called post-traumatic stress disorder, isn't it? And I would believe that every woman who goes through an abortion has post-traumatic stress disorder. And let me ask you something. Is your past? I'm not picking on pastors, okay? I'm sorry. I'm sorry it came out that way. Is your church openly dealing, helping women heal from abortion? Or is it the secret no one wants to talk about? Are there men, protectors and defenders of women and children who are guilt-ridden because they let their baby die? I could tell you a story. In fact, I may try to get him on here. Clay knows who it is of a very, 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 very hyper-successful businessman, maybe a billionaire, maybe a billionaire, maybe a billionaire, who told Clay a fascinating story about getting his girlfriend pregnant in high school and his parents wanting him to abort. It's like 19, early 73, maybe, 72, said really early, really early. And he didn't do it. Didn't do it, right, Clay? He didn't do it. An 18-year-old kid said, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. No. And the glory in his life because he didn't abort that baby. I don't know how we got on abortion other than I see that as a front. Can you look? Satan's wrath is great. Can you imagine any more uh, what would I, temper tantrum than actually reaching into what should be the safest place in the universe, inside a mommy's womb, and snatching a baby out. Can can you imagine that? That's been going on how long? Since 1973. And that the Supreme Court ruled about six, seven months ago that there's no right to do that in the U.S. Constitution, and the church still allows it to go on. And that we're having a rally at the state house. Really, Mel? I'm not criticizing Mel. That's that's our opposite. That's the church's opposition to it. A rally at the state house. Again, shows you the ineffectiveness. Wow, of the church. Emma, come on in. Emma Stout. Um, I think that the the part that we are often forgetting is that there is forgiveness. And once the forgiveness happens, Dale helped me this with this. He said, just ask the babies for forgiveness. That was the final piece that finally got me over the abortion. Um, and it, it, I used to tell my story, but I would always cry. But now, see, I don't have to because finally the forgiveness piece is there. Amen. I finally forgave myself. And and my twins forgave me, and, and yeah. so I finally got over it. But that is, it is a very, very important part, and people often forget that part. Forgiveness is there, but you have to reach out. Emma, and- the church doesn't even talk about it. 
not much. No, how many right. women sitting in the church are post-abortive carrying that guilt? Man, Dale, come on in. Then Jeff. Amen, Coach. Right along that line, if you look up, I can't hear you, dude. I can't hear you. Hold on one second. Can you hear me now? A little bit. I got some machine running in the background. It's it's my my gold making machine. It's running back there making gold coins. Yeah, Proverbs twenty eight thirteen talking about these women, you know, who who that secret sin of abortion. Proverbs twenty eight thirteen. He that covereth his sin shall not prosper, but whoso confesses it and forsakes them shall have mercy. Brother, this, this thing, this unforgiveness, this thing that women do not deal with on this issue, and that's exactly what I dealt with them, is that not only do you got to ask God to forgive you and you forgive yourself, you need to ask that baby to forgive you also. Brother, that's the one who you violated against. That's right. And then, and then Coach, the, I don't know if you read it or not, you know, you've been in that Revelations chapter 12 and that rage. But, brother, that last verse, it doesn't matter whether the Christian likes it or not. It says that he is coming to do battle, to wage war with the offspring of her seed mm. and those who keep the commandments of the Lordship Jesus Christ. There you are, man. We're in a war. <laughs> We're in a war for sure. Uh, Jeff, come on in, Jeff. Coach, just a little invite for tomorrow night. We'll do the East Knox School Board meeting again. Things are going to come to a head tomorrow night. I'm not going to say anything right now, but two years of doing these meetings, it's it'll be the grand finale tomorrow night. We um, So I'll have something to report on right. Thursday morning, but anybody that's close that wants to show up probably ought to be there. What time does it start? Six o'clock. Tonight. Thursday night, tomorrow night. Thursday night, tomorrow night. Yep. Okay, maybe I'll drag Clay up there. See what we can do. Yep. Appreciate all you do, Jeff. Myra. In regard to uh, what the Holy Spirit told you, John 10, 10 and abortion, um, Romans 8, 1 to 2, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ, Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Hallelujah. The law of the spirit of life life has made me free from the law of sin and death. See, there is a law. The law of sin and death is the soul that sins, it shall die. That's the law of sin and death. But the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, trumps that law. Do you understand? Do you understand that the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus makes me free from the law of sin and death. It no longer applies to me. I'm immune to that law of sin and death, right? I'm redeemed, forgiven. Amen. Oh, my goodness, if we get it. Okay, one more thing here. Pull up number one. I got just five minutes left. Betty sent me this earlier today, uh, yesterday, maybe. Spiritual attack. Uh, huh? Is that what it was? Is that what I sent you on that? Look at this. Huh? How bra- how brazen are they getting? Now they're not doing just uh, uh, drag queen story hours. Now they're doing Baphomet. Yeah, that's what I wanted to show. That's what I wanted to show. Play that one. 
world. And if you're not spiritually asleep, then you can clearly see that the enemy is strategizing. I want to expose one of his angles of attack. The enemy is causing confusion around identity. Let's be real, it's a spiritual attack. But I'm not just talking about the world's confusion around how God created them. I'm talking about saints of God who don't know their identity in Christ. Here are signs a believer doesn't fully understand their identity. They constantly question their salvation, have an unhealthy fear of demonic power, see trials as a sign that they're abandoned by God, forget they have the Holy Spirit in them, think that God doesn't want to be near them. They accept spiritual bondage as a normal part of the Christian walk and live with their past hanging over their heads. The devil is a liar. You are a child of the I am. You are loved with an everlasting love, seated in heavenly places, imputed with righteousness, filled with Holy Spirit power, and more than a conqueror. Comment amen if you agree. Somebody- Put that in the chat. Put that in the chat, right? Huh? That's what it is. The devil's a liar. All he can do is lie, right? And he's, he's, come, he's come down because his ankles are short. <clears throat> Bring the baffinet thing back up. Because this is good too, right? So now we're having Baphomet uh, story hour at the library. Uh, oh, yeah. Play that. Don't scroll past this video. You're going to want to see this. So this is the Baphomet book club in the state of Colorado. This is what's happening in schools in Colorado. So they work so hard to take God out of the national anthem. But you're telling me that stuff like this in schools to teach kids rituals to summon demons, to invite demonic entities into the life is okay. The devil's a liar. See, the Bible says to train up your child in the ways of the Lord, and when they are older, they will not depart from it. Don't you see how the enemy likes to pervert and twist the scripture? He's trying to train them up in the things of him. The devil is a liar. You better be praying for your kids. I need every believer that comes across this video to begin to pray for our states, pray for our country. See, this is happening in many other states. This is just barely coming out. Make sure you know what's going on at the schools and pray for your children. God bless you. Mm. Uh, thank you, Harry Potter. <laughs> uh, thank you, Doc. Doc what's that? Doc, Doc, Dragon, no, dragons and whatever. Thank you, Lord. Hey, folks, look. Hey, this is so good, isn't it? The devil, huh? Oh, yeah. The devil, what was it? The wrath of Satan is being poured out on us, in front of us, all around us. And we have no idea it's going on. For the thief, the hireling pastor, has come to kill and to steal and to destroy. Jesus Amen. said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. I lay down my life for my sheep. I don't run when I see the wolf coming. I don't run from Drag Queen Story Hour. I don't run from Baffinet. I don't run from the FBI. I don't run from the, from the Secret Service. No, 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 no. I don't run from them. I stand up because the Bible says that I'm going to be brought before governors and kings as a testimony against them. And you know, I'm not even going to have to think what I'm going to say because it's going to be given to me that same hour what I say because it's my father that speaks through me, not just me. See what happens when you get on the lawnmower? See you tomorrow.